0: Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother! Welcome,
1: friends, to episode one eight two of Color of magic, your magic and Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 180, I think it's 84, what did I say, 82, 184 episodes, still got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Because we're old, that's why. <laughs> it, it might be. It's man, been I just long, heard. Dude, it has been a long weekend. I, I have a lot of that to talk yeah, about. You that, I'm, too. I'm surprised I'm even able to talk. I, I came back with my, my raspy uh, Luther Vandross voice. You know, you get from talking too much. So like that was that was crazy, but man, just so much stuff going on. Like just ah,
0: like yeah, I've been out back uh, shooting cans of Budweiser because that's what we do <laughs> around here. Good lord, man it's it's been wild. It's, it's, it's crazy. W- people are. I don't feel they realize you know if you're if you're out back shooting the Budweiser, you already bought the Budweiser. Anheuser Busch doesn't care. You've bought it already. I still say the craziest thing was was.
1: Hercules, Kevin Sorbo, being on here talking about, well, it don't matter, Bud Light's trash and Bush is better anyway. And I'm just like, dog, it's in their name. Like mm. Anheuser Busch. It's it's the same thing. Everybody <laughs> like, knew that with you, Hercules. <laughs> like, like, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. But yeah. Now I before we get into the show, I, I do want to rant about something. This is like a bonus soapbox, I guess. Oh boy. But but here's the thing. I, I drink, I don't hardly drink any soda. I drink lots of tea, water, fruit juice, whatever. And I kind of like the Arizona teas, which by the way, somehow Arizona manages to dodge inflation, but nobody else can because they still have those same cans for 99 cents. They've been 99 cents for like a decade, like and they have not changed. So I don't know how they're able to do it. Nobody else can. At Costco, you know the bug fifty soda and a hot dog. So yep, uh, yeah, that ain't raised either. That's you, you right? That's been the same price forever too.
0: But yeah, like, the CEO says if you raise the price of that, he he'll he'll cut you basically. He like <laughs> every time they tell him, yeah, food costs good, He's like, no, figure it out. That that's his loss leader for real, right?
1: But yeah, so there's there's a flavor that's on Arnold Palmer, and if you know what that is, it's half lemonade, half tea which was actually really good from them. And I like to buy it in like the bigger jugs and I'll just drink it throughout a three, four days or whatever. But I haven't been able to find it except for the light version that they make. And you know, I'm not dieting or whatever. I'm not counting calories. I just want the flavors. So whatever, but I can't find it anywhere. The only thing I've ever found is like, there's a powder mix, like kind of like Kool-Aid that you just put water into or whatever that that's regular, but I can't find anything in any cans or bottles or whatever that's regular. It's all light. But then people started showing me all these things where I could buy it online. And I'm like, well, if it's available, how come I can't get it in the major stores up here? It's like driving me nuts. So, yeah. So if you, so you want to make me happy, send me a couple of cases of that. That's how you can get on my good side real fast right now. So just putting that out there to the world. You know, manifesting some <laughs> some Arnold Palmer Arizona tea showing up at my door. I don't know. But you got to put that energy out there before we get into everything, like I said, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to give some love to our sponsor over at Cardsphere.com, where you can literally, and I mean literally, name your price for what you want to sell something for or buy something for. And I've been doing a ton of it. I've been fixing up all my Commander decks. Matter of fact, I have a cool mail day to share because I had like 20 cards come in just the other day. So I both sell stuff on it and, and buy stuff from it. So really, really cool. It's a little bit different. Small learning curve, but once you figure it out, man, it is very useful. Most people I know that have gone and used it, they have cards arriving within like a week of being on the site. So totally trustworthy, really good people. You should check them out over at Cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic. And you can get a shout out just like Andy Bentley, which, you know, we want to say thanks, Andy, for being a supporter. Also, Lawson and Michael, you know who you are. You have packages coming in the mail. I've just been crazy busy the last couple of weeks, but they will be going out in the next couple of days. And if you go to color of com slash shop, you can get some merchandise, like some tokens and playmats, and that'll support us just as well. But that said, it is time to get into some soapboxy action. Now I want to say this. <laughs> First off, last week was a whirlwind of stuff for me. I came off of doing a weekend of commentary for DreamHack San Diego, which is great. Fun stuff. Prep decks, did things, research, everything I could for the set because we knew early access was happening on Thursday. The problem was I also had to be in Orlando on Friday. So if I was going to do early access and get all the footage from my video, like I didn't have much time. So I woke up, downloaded my stuff, ended up playing a bunch. Made all the video footage I could while I had access to the program. Put all those on a portable drive, loaded them up. Went to the airport, flew overnight from 11 p.m. roughly when we left. Landed sometime between 7:30, 8 o'clock. Got to the venue. Immediately went from the, from my hotel room. I just showered and went straight down and started interacting with people. It was crazy. And didn't even get to sleep till like two the next morning because everybody wanted to go out and eat and all that stuff. But what I discovered along this trip is I had this grand idea that I was going to edit while I was in the sky, right? I have my laptop in my backpack, so it's like, cool, I'll just pop that open. Editing with a trackpad sucks, but, you know, you got to make do with what you got. And wasn't that big a deal, because I kind of knew what I needed to do or whatever. And, you know, I had Bluetooth headphones so I could hear myself without disturbing people I'm editing. And then I went to plug my laptop in, because I'm like, oh, my battery's getting a little bit low no big deal. I'm kind of hardcore editing here. I get it. And then discovered that airplanes don't produce enough power to power laptops when you're editing.
0: And or I, I guess that, they, they tend to do there's like giving any of that power to you. I guess, I don't know. Cause obviously they have got enough power to, you know, get from, from what? Oh, they, sure, sure,
1: sure. Yeah. But here's the thing. I talked to other people telling people about it and they were just like, Oh yeah. If I try to do any business on my laptop, I have to bring my own power bank or whatever. And I'm like, so this has just been a thing the whole time I never knew about. I mean, now admittedly, I've never tried editing on an airplane, so it was never like an emergency. The few times I did have my laptop, it was just like, you know, responding to some emails or whatever, and I just put it away. So this was something I now have to go buy, which, you know, it's a battery bank. They're not going to be crazy pricey, but it's a thing I have to carry now in my bag because I didn't know this was a thing. Like, I don't know how much power it needs to produce. But that's surprising to me with all the business travelers and everything else that that's just not like a standard. And I never even thought about it. So it's something may interfere with something. because Yeah, it seems like a thing they should have. Yeah, right. So I'm wondering why it's not a thing. I couldn't find any information saying a reason as to why they they don't. But I'm sure there's something because that was shocking to me.
0: I mean, it it may fall into the same category as why you can't use your cell phone. It may interfere with something. Oh, I use my cell phone all the time on airplanes. Oh boy!
1: Yeah, like, that's actually been tested on Mythbusters. They actually did a whole thing about cell phones being on or being in airplane mode or whatever, and, like, nothing happened. Like, I and I was even thinking, like, you would literally have to have probably, like, three quarters of the plane all on their phones anyway, doing something really intense if there was even a possibility of interference. So I don't really even know where that comes from. But it's a thing they all tell us. So, true facts, I'm not putting my phone in airplane mode and, like, Man, I can't even tell you how long it's. Oh god. So like, yeah, I'm 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 sure a for real offender of that. No lies. But yeah, one of those things, and you know, I tried to edit, got down to where I had like 30 minutes of power left. So I'm like scrambling, you know, because I know I'm gonna run out of power because I can't charge up. But once it ran out, I just crashed it's out. Like you me. can't have any
0: power. You're a troublemaker.
1: I am a troublemaker. Like I ended up sleeping for about three hours, which was enough to get me through the day. I mean, it was a little rough toward the end and then I just edited the rest for my hotel room and, and got it up when I got there. But yeah, man, it was, it was a crazy ride. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show, but yeah, just one of those things that apparently laptops or planes are not made for you to use your laptops. I did not know oh, that. Your cell thing. phone, technically but yeah, technically your cell phone, but here to be fair, they do tell you at some point you can turn your t- cell phones on and they have like internet access available for you to use your cell phone. So I don't know. And the one time I do remember trying to use my phone in airplane mode, it was such a hassle and it wasn't doing anything, So I just went back to regular mode. So and I've just done that ever since. But anyway, you've got something else to talk about that I think is kind of interesting.
0: All right. Uh, this is one of those where, you know, we give credit to people that, hey, have actually been doing something good for a change. And uh, DC Universe Online has been crushing. They've been going for, goodness, uh, well, like, well over a decade now. And uh, this latest update apparently is going to go to Dakota City, which for the, if, if you know, you know, that is the home of superhero Static Shock, uh, Evan, Rocket, numerous, pretty much all the milestone comic superheroes from back in the 90s when somebody really looked around the comic universe and realized, hey, there's just not that many people of color around here, and even fewer that don't have the word black in their name somewhere.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a tough thing for a
0: while, where you were always black something. Yep. Yeah, that was tough. So uh, some, some creators of color actually created characters such as uh, Static, Icon, is a huge deal, and, and would later go on to get folded into the mainstream dc universe which is how they're able to appear in dc universe online so that's a mm. huge thing going on it's uh coming out uh let me see I thought i had the date here the uh episode of uh, 45 supposed to launch spring 2023 so it should be sometime coming soon and that's actually available on pc playstation 4 xbox one and nintendo switch and at some point in the near future, they're going to do a next-gen update and come to, of course, a PS5 and Xbox Series X. But hey, if you haven't upgraded, and a lot of people haven't because you know those things are just now becoming e- easier to get, that's a, a great one on uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One that you can still get into. Create your own super... It's one of those where you create your own superhero and you go up and interact with Superman, Static, Bat, or if you're a villain, you go talk to Joker, Lex Luthor, and they tell you how to take over the world or save the world, depending on which
1: side you're on. Now, is that DLC? Is that a free download, or is that like you know five dollar DLC
0: download type thing? Um, I, I think the, I think these are just the, like episodes. Like, hey, something new is coming coming to the game. So okay. I don't I don't see a charge for it anymore. So, it's just a standard update then. Oh, that's pretty cool then.
1: That's neat because I think. It's the type of thing where if it was a paid download, there's some people that might skip it, not knowing the characters necessarily. But it's kind of cool that when it's free, it'll just be
0: there and people will at
1: least learn about the characters and try them out.
0: And, and if for some reason you don't, I think uh, you can see, uh, I don't know if it's on HBO Max because HBO Max is deleting content. Let's <laughs> just uh, like, sure, sure. like, but I think you see a lot of episodes of Static Shock online probably. And it really, it still holds up. I mean, they didn't dealt with a lot of issues. Like there was a great episode where static finds out his friend's dad is super racist
1: uh i've run into something like that when i was younger (laughs) i i think a lot of us have so it was an uncle and not so much
0: a dad but yeah yeah yeah. so to see uh you know your local comic book superhero deal with that was a very cool thing because you know that's that's why we talk about how much these characters matter because you know it, it, like you talked about so many kids went through that experience so if you know hey me you know I, I, I got a friend that's cool that I hang out with and they got a dad uncle mom aunt whoever that's just super racist then <laughs> we gotta figure out how to deal with that or maybe you're dating somebody and you find out like oh well yeah you can't meet the parents because that's, that's not gonna go well or sometimes you know they don't even know that their parent yeah, that's, that's until, the trippy and, one
1: when when you get caught off guard and they're like yo doc, sorry i did not know family
0: was going to be like that yeah <laughs> so, that, that yeah. moment when you think you're uh <laughs> that's happened to people you know yeah I've, the I've been Iowa, there you don't even know because it, like, it's mm. it's one thing you know when hey yeah i i, I support all the causes you know i would have voted for a third obama term if i could you know that'll chestnut, but um, Mm -hmm. actually, when somebody actually possibly is going to become a member of your family, (laughs) that's when you start to see, oh, wait, 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 I don't like, you know, black people quite that much. (laughs) Hey, it happens, man. It happens. It does. It absolutely does. But all right, let's talk
1: about some fun stuff that we learned last week, because surprisingly, I think we have a couple of things that might be a little bit of a surprise to people. So what do you want to start with here, dude?
0: Uh, they there apparently this is like just nightmare fuel, <laughs> but there is a snake that can like do cartwheels. Okay, and l- luckily it uses the cartwheels to avoid people because if it if it were going towards you <laughs> with that, that would just be the nightmare okay. fuel of a whole day. guy. snakes climb trees; they can jump forward. Yeah. Like them being able to flip doesn't surprise me. <laughs> this one is called the uh, dwarf reed snake, apparently, and it, it it's weird. It apparently twists itself into some kind of almost like an S shape, and then just kind of <laughs> starts spinning backwards. There, there's a video online. You said it. it is it's okay. some of the freakiest stuff you will ever see.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like. I imagine it looks weird, but. Like I said, it's not surprising just because of how snakes move kind of makes sense. And, you know,
0: and I wonder, if, because I'm sure you've probably heard the old urban legend about the hoop snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's where that comes from. Oh, you know, maybe. Where somebody saw one of those and then, you know, like the, the telephone game, you know, it, it, it saw a snake do a cartwheel and turned into, hey, the snake! put its put its tail in its mouth and then rolled after me because you know that's how the stuff gets Dude, I I honestly think about that a lot cuz I'm a
1: nerd, you know, but like I think about like imagine being the first person who's on their like little pontoon boat or whatever and then you see a whale. Right? And then you got to go back to your people and be like, "I saw this fish that was like 50 times bigger than my boat, right? And people are like, no, you didn't. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah exactly. But you think about, it, I always think about how many times that's happened in the history of the world, right? Like, you're the first one. Like, there are foods we eat that are technically poisonous to us unless you prepare them a certain way, right? But that means somebody probably died trying it out for the first time. Like, we don't talk about any of this stuff. I'm like, I wonder when, where, how did that happen? Where did those people like? Did they just die automatically? Was it a slow death? How, did multiple people die before we learned how to prepare it? Did did some people just decide we're not supposed to eat these things at all and just never touch them? Like, I don't know. I think about that stuff. It's weird. I know. Like I'm those a nerd. toads
0: it get you high. Who, who yeah, somebody somebody
1: had to have con- come in contact with one of those somehow. And I don't know how because you don't just decide you want to lick a frog. I mean, I guess so. Or maybe they might. were
0: going to try and eat it, you know, because people do eat frogs and frog legs. So maybe yeah, maybe. And then they just ate it and <laughs> got real high and decided to eat se- several more. I don't, know. I don't know, man. There's a lot of that weird stuff out there. So I, I never have a clue,
1: but I do find it interesting. But no, I wanted to bring up that, you know, kind of, I guess, one of the trends of the, of the week we're talking about is just like lots of events going on. And especially right now, because it feels like, I don't, again, we're not really out of COVID. becoming coming on the other side of the major part of COVID. We're, it seems like convention season had extended all the way into April at this point. It feels like we've already had stuff well, really March to some extent. and just seems like things just going, going, going. And with that, I think a lot of creators are now in more demand, especially since people all want personalities at their events. They want people to be on panels. They want help promoting things. You know, and... It's a little tough for some of the creators to get out to events because not all, I I guess, advertisers, promoters, vendors, organizers are paying the expenses for people to be out there. Some of them are doing appearance fees. Some are maybe paying hotel. You know, it's all different for each one. Some people are paying the full full thing, and we are very appreciative when people do that. But what we're seeing is some creators saying like, hey, I'm going to have to skip this event or that event because, you know, I just don't have the budget, right? You know, you got to. Buy their, hell, some people are buying their fourth or fifth plane ticket this year already, right? But what I'm seeing is a lot of the communities, and not just in Magic, I've seen a couple others as well, starting to come together and like, hey, somebody puts up a Ko fi or, you know, a PayPal link or whatever, you know, GoFundMe, and people are just tossing a few bucks in, you know, where they can. It's not a lot, you know, maybe some people put in five bucks, ten bucks, whatever, but it's getting that person, hey, now they can afford that hotel room for the weekend or now they can afford the plane ticket. And I thought that's pretty cool because I don't know if we would have done that five, six years ago, you know, it kind of been like, ah, that sucks. You know, I'll see you at the next one. But I'm seeing a lot of people that are so supportive of their favorite creators that even when they aren't going to be there themselves, they're like, Hey, I still want to hope, you know, give this person a chance, to get out there and do what they need to do. And I thought that was really neat. And I've even helped some people out and sent some money on some people's stuff. So like, it, it's really cool. <clears throat> excuse me. To see the communities, rallying around their favorite creators because maybe you can't donate to your creator on a regular basis for whatever reason you know maybe you listen to his podcast and you you can't afford to put in a two three five dollar patreon every week or whatever or every month i mean but you know if we needed help one time you're like hey i can give you five bucks ten bucks right now you know and that helps a bunch so it's pretty cool to see that i don't like i said i don't know if we would have been there a few years ago i don't know if this is a change because of covid Maybe because creators are just getting more respect now because the industry has shifted so much and people are just consuming so much of these people's content that I think maybe that parasocial relationships becoming a little more intense and being able to help somebody out that you really like, even if it is just a few bucks, is pretty cool for a lot of people. They're like, hey, I can actually give something back, even though it's not a lot. I know this helps this person and that's pretty cool. So, yeah, on behalf of other creators, just thank you if you're one of those people, because it doesn't seem like a lot. And you might think you're, you know, your five, ten bucks isn't doing much, but it really doesn't mean a lot to a lot of these people. And, you know, I'm sure that they're, they're speaking up for themselves on their social media whatever. But I just think it's cool that we are at least in that space because it could be a lot worse for a lot of creators. But that being said, let's talk about some actual news topics, because there are quite a few things. So, yeah, so coming back to Command Fest, uh, last week ended up being a bit weird because, you know, we again, we had the early access thing and then immediately had Command Fest starting on Friday. A lot of creators didn't necessarily participate in early access because they needed a full travel day to get to where they were going. So that was a little tough. Uh, also, it was pre-release weekend, which is weird because I don't think I opened a single pack of the new set, even though I was around the new set all weekend. Mm-hmm. I was so busy. Uh, but... The tough part there is that I think you also took creators away from their local communities because you had all the pre-releases and five Command Fests all in the same weekend. And all of them had a different slate of creators at them. Matter of fact, I was contacted. I spoke with like two of them, three of them, but I was already in a deal with cool stuff to go down to Orlando. And I was like, man, how many people that happened to, you know, people being spread so thin, I thought was a little bit tough. But the positive side is everybody seemed like they had a great time. Lots of interactions with the community, met a lot of fans, found out I apparently have some stands out there, which is cool. I, I didn't know this was a thing, but a couple of them couldn't be there. So they had their friends. Get a video of me you know so i did some like hey thanks for watching like being a supporter whatever some friendly thank you videos for them so that was pretty cool you know getting to have that happen because that's always still weird for me man that like people appreciate your work that much you know i i it's 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 nice don't get me wrong it's just weird getting adjusted to but for me one of the best parts of the weekend was the evenings having a chance to connect with the other creators kind of all being in the same place where we could talk about, you know, what type of deals do we have for like editing? What type of brand deals do you have? What are you making for this type of project? You know, I I linked up with a guy who might be able to do some editing for me. You know, that was pretty cool. We had some conversations where me and uh, the guy that plays Teferi, uh, I don't know how much he wants his real name out there or not. It's not like it's a secret, but me and Teferi were sitting down with an editor his name's connor and jim davis i believe this was the last morning we were there so i guess monday morning and we were just talking about some of the stuff that me and teferi had to deal with from community side right just like you know the first time in the community get referred to by the n-word or you know somebody takes a shot at some of your content from with a racist Slant to it, or whatever, or accuses you of something from a racist deal when you're just like vibing out, trying to put some content up. And I think those moments and those conversations were kind of good because it made a few other people aware of things that happen that they never see. You know, and I don't think we all would have gotten together to have these different types of conversations over the course of the weekend. You know, the other thing I found very interesting was looking across the room, just about. It was almost every pod that was in the non-competitive events, the non-organized events. But all the fun, open table, commander stuff. Almost every pod had one non-male presenting person in the pods. And I found that to be very interesting because that feels like a very big shift from where we were. Because you're talking roughly, we'll say even 20% of the room in those games being non-males. Which is pretty high, considering where we were before. You're talking about one in five people, and in a lot of cases, it was one in four. You know, so it's actually really cool that we're seeing progress. Like we we're not there yet. Obviously, I don't think we'll ever get to a 55, 45, or whatever you know would be the the, the better percentage. But it is cool to think like, could we get that up to 30? percent
0: Like, probably. I think if you include, you know, I mean, I mean, not just necessarily magic but i think if you include D and i think we can get to oh yeah D- yeah D and stuff
1: for sure and but i think those don't have a history of competition which tends to be from all the reports i've seen and you know the surveys and stuff tends to be less threatening at least from the perspective of the guys that tend to participate in those activities you know just less intense i guess so, it's, But it's pretty cool, even even for Magic, just to think, like, you know, pre-COVID, how far away we were from that, you know, and how close we are now, looking around the rooms at Command Fest and looking at the pictures. And, and I think part of that has to do with a lot of things, though, right? Because, one, give credit where it's due to Wizards. They are using women more in promotions and their ads. You know, when they're done with events, they're rating different women's streams that are on or whatever. So, like, that helps. You know, you've got different creators that have opened up about making sure they're supporting women, non-males, you know, trans communities, whatever, like having all that on their channels and their communications as well. I think having a lot of female or non-male creators that are doing a lot of work, right? Like we see them all over Twitter. We have a bunch. Hell, on some days, those are the top three or four streamers in Magic, you know, on Twitch. You know, so, you know, several of them have YouTube channels now. Like They're they're really doing their thing and getting recognized for it. And I think that's making it easier for more people to come into the fold. And that's, that's a good thing. Hell, I would say honestly, we've even seen more black people show up to the events. Oh, definitely. And that's not something I could have ever said. Usually, I mean, there were events where I'd go to like a thousand person Grand Prix <laughs> and there'd be like five of us. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. You know, percentage wise. But now it's like, oh, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, oh, hey, I, I see like 25, 30 of us. All right, cool. You know, like, like this is the thing. But
0: Social media has made it just so much easier, you know, to find other blurs out there or is just whatever your, your particular group is, you know, where before we would have had to, we would have had to bump into each other and be one of the five people at that big event. You know, now we can. Yeah, I, we, I think we, you're we totally right to- there. It, it It is different.
1: And, you know, I've said it before. I see, I get comments on that, Like, couple times a month from people on YouTube going like, "Oh, man, a black guy that makes like magic content. That's cool." Because and I thought about it when I look around, as far as consistent creators that are black, it's kind of like me and Joe Johnson with Tabletop Jocks. And that's it. Like there's some others that pop up from time to time, but they're not consistent. So I get how they don't show up on other people's radars. So it's kind of cool to see that that's that's even a thing. But yeah, definitely I don't know if I want to say it's like a grand change, but you can at least see progress moving the right direction. So there were definitely a lot of positive takeaways from the weekend. I'm still processing a lot of stuff, you know, just really. This is the closest I've been to settled this weekend, you know, and I'm recording a podcast. So it kind of tells you how my, how my week's been, but yeah, man, I, I thought it was really cool. I'm looking forward to the upcoming events. I'm going to try to get out to Minneapolis for uh, the magic con out there. And then the next month there's dream hack down in in dallas so there's still going to be a lot of opportunities if people do want to meet their favorite creators but uh yeah you brought something else though to my attention about an animated thing that's no longer going to be animated
0: yeah disney uh doing you know they on the they're gonna remake everything live action or li- that they've done in animated Live action and next up is Lilo and Stitch. And as you may have seen from the casting, uh, I'm, I'm sure that this young lady is a wonderful actress, but she is cast as uh Nani, who I believe is, if I remember correctly, is Lilo's older sister and a legal guardian. And in the in the original animated version of Lilo and Stitch, Nani was both uh darker skinned and you know, and she was she, she was. It, very thick and full. i was gonna figure. say she's a little thick. It's all right. Yeah. Call it what and, it is. I mean, right, <laughs> and, uh, and and I mean, so many young girls saw themselves in her. So she has been, you know, just a favorite. And we've seen so many, you know, cosplays and yeah, and and artwork. And and again, you know, it was just uh, and as I said, the the actress uh, that's been cast as her. Again, I'm sure she's a wonderful actress. She probably had. Win against I can't even imagine how many people auditioned for a live action Disney movie, but yeah, she is, uh and she is Hawaiian, but she's a uh, very, very light skin. So we're talking about you know what people did if, if you just search Lilo and Stitch. This is this is the, the debate you're going to see right now. So this is right, it, right in the wheelhouse of stuff we talk about. And yeah, people are kind of, well, not even kind of, people are upset that. Yeah. That she really does not uh, look anything like the way the character has previously been tra- And, you know, first thing, <laughs> first thing people from a certain, uh, certain political persuasion are saying, well, if the little mermaid can be white or it can be black, what's the problem here? And it's really not the same thing because, you know, a mermaid can be pretty much any, we don't even know what part of the ocean ariel is from i don't think we didn't learn what what well yeah yeah well what, what continent she i mean i guess i'm assuming europe since all the people see encounters on I mean, land or but it's, this it is, is not- kind of the silly thing that disney opens
1: himself up to though right because like do we even like do you even know anyone that cares about having a live action lilo and stitch you know, that, that's the thing where I'm hung up on. Like, why are I we... Mean, I, I guess if you're going to
0: remake all of them, you know, you gotta...
1: Yeah, it's just weird. Like, and... and that that okay. was one of
0: the good things about Lilo and Stitch was its representation Absolutely. for a community that does not often get it. So people went from kind of looking forward to this to... <laughs> well, you just, know, it was, it, was that's like, a it was like the thing in
1: Moana where, like... People expected the the character that the rock did the voice for, right? They were kind of surprised that they depicted him what they did. I'm like, dude, have yeah. you seen some of those Islanders Samoans? Like, Samoans are like thick dudes. They're not all just like six-pack, eight pack, whatever. You know, like some of them look like Rikishi. <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? Like, is and that's all right. Like, it's okay to have those representations. It's still a fun character and whatever didn't yeah. change anything. But I remember that being. And for what crazy. I hear,
0: I think The Rock is gonna play Maui again in the live action. Because I mean, why wouldn't you have him do that? He's yeah, the most of course. Popular movie <laughs> yeah. Star in the world.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And they're probably gonna pay him a just back up the Brinks truck and give him whatever oh, he of wants. Of course. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I mean, changing, get, creating problems for representation is already an issue, you know. But for me, it's always tough when we're talking about doing live action stuff from animated anyway or even even kind of going the other direction which is more rare but I just don't necessarily get it. I enjoy them because they're in the medium that they're in, right? And I've and I and I talked about this off the air, but like I've struggled for a while with games trying to look more realistic. Because I feel and this this was years ago where I started noticing, maybe around like Final Fantasy 13 or something. But Where you started getting studios trying so hard to make the animated stuff look real to a point where I said, well, then why don't we just get real actors, especially since most of that is cut scene anyway, like just have real actors and then we'll go back to playing the game like that would have been fine. I mean, hell. I sort of had that anyway when I played Wing Commander. If you remember those old games, oh like, yeah, it's it's kind of like that, right? You have all your live action scenes, and then you go the, the, play the, the your the cheesy,
0: stuff. The, the, the cheesy full motion video is almost part of why you played, those. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm like,
0: Command and Conquer had some of the same kind of. Scenes oh, they did. They would, I forgot about that. They did have something. They some would of that go in there. there, and you know, they would tell the actor to just chew every bit of scenery they could. Yeah, and they specifically cast people who knew how, like George Takei, for example. Mm-hmm. I think he was the emperor of the of – the, the uh, basically what functions is Japan in yeah, those games. Yeah. And, you know, if you tell George Takei to cut loose, uh, oh, my. Of <laughs> he's, Just he's be okay. over the top, dude. Like, this is your role. One cool. of them, they had Ric Flair as a commander. And, again, Ric yeah. Flair doesn't know how to do an understated performance. Yeah, no joke. He's, he's going to go full – and I think part of it, we, we talked about this recently, Disney's animation division is kind of, you know, under assault right now. So I think that's part of the reason they keep doing live action because, you know, this is, especially this past year, I mean, they made a Toy Story movie that bombed. You didn't think that was possible, but they figured out how to do it. Fair. But that to me, though, no, that's still
1: like, just step your game up over there. Like, go do whatever you do, pay wherever you gotta pay, like, but so I don't that, think, that's a, that was, I think, that was a Pixar movie. So I you know, it's just, it
0: just you thought.
1: But you know, but I'll yeah. say this: like, I I get that people do enjoy that. Like, people do like realistic-looking animated games. So that is a thing, and I'll accept that I'm probably on a small island of irrelevance by myself. But it's just so strange to me that like that's such a focus. To now we're just like you know what to hell with it we're just gonna remake these all this stuff is live action
0: you gotta join the bloodline then they'll put you on the island of
1: relevancy i guess so but like it's just so weird i don't i've never got it i just don't understand like let my animated stuff be animated give me my live action stuff and let it be what it is because each one presents something different than the other one does as far as that particular medium and what you can and can't do so like why try to make one like the other like just own your space (laughs) money yeah, I guess. I mean, but again, you know, again, talk, even talking about Final Fantasy, like, some people love that style. It's been obviously selling well for years. It's going to continue selling well. So, you know, I get it. It's just, for me personally, I just don't understand the, the appeal. But, yeah, as far as the representation point, like, I don't know why you would want to change that. Like, it's it feels so easy. Like, it's weird because you have Marvel, who does such a great job, also under the Disney umbrella, yeah. going out and finding people that look like they do in the comic books. You know, so many of the characters you see on screen, you're just like, oh, that really does look like yeah. Tony Stark. That really does look like Jessica Jones. That really does look like Iron or uh, Captain America or whatever, right? So it's weird that we're going on like, we can't do that for this. Like, we've taken people from comic books, which is basically the same thing, you know, and making somebody in a real time thing look like they do in the illustrated thing. Like, why can't we do that with this? Like, you can't tell me with all the actors that applied or or auditioned, there wasn't somebody closer that was still really good. You know, that's kind of like my holdup, like, but it is what it is, you know, but it's one of those things we'll be upset about it. It's probably not going to be great anyway. You know, like with the track record, they've had, there is that, so it probably won't even matter at the end of it. I just hope that the young lady that gets the role doesn't get too much hell and, you know, doesn't have her
0: career. Yeah, I would say, don't, don't be, you know, up in, don't be sending her messages on Twitter, her social media. She didn't cast herself. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, she's just this trying to huge. get a gig, man. You know, yeah. like, I get that. Like, she's just trying to pay bills, you know? Right, as as somebody that uh, is... Uh, part-time struggling actor myself if they want to, if they wanted to cast me as you know uh abraham lincoln i would take the role and just fight with people later <laughs> yeah for real like we, we just i'm taking the paycheck yeah i don't blame you
1: but yeah let's talk about uh some interesting things that well a decision that elon Musk decided to roll with Now, it's not a surprise that Elon is, you know, out doing Elon things. Oh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, side note here, it's not what we were going to talk about, but Twitter Inc. no longer exists. I don't know if you're aware of this, Brian. Brian was not. Yeah, now it's just X, like the letter X.
0: Apparently, That seems like a horrible idea. Yeah. All uh, the, a number of reasons. It's supposed to be some type of st- studio
1: i think where or some conglomerate where they're trying to make some super app i think they're calling it to where i like eventually like ai stuff and everything else will all be under the same umbrella which really to me sounds like a play for elon to try to make twitter worth more money because he overpaid for it and he's having trouble but you know it is yeah. what it is like
0: <laughs> this so is where the robot overlords uh, start overlording
1: yeah, so it's a little weird. I I don't know. I he could have just put everything under Twitter. I don't know why he had to go the route he did, but it's it's whatever. But yeah, feel free to look it up if you're curious. Just look up uh, Super App X or Elon X, and it'll come up if you're curious about it. But anyway, what I did want to talk about is that for whatever reason, sometime in the last man was it last week? It was sometime really soon at the end of March, maybe. So maybe about two weeks that they decided to post the Twitter recommendation algorithm publicly and like beyond public where they actually made it available on GitHub if you want it. So I don't really know what the purpose is or why other than Elon might be hoping that some people help read over it and give him some free help or something. Some people code some yeah, things that's, that's like my but I, I don't know. Like, that's that's me completely speculating on that part. Like, I got no clue. Uh, you're probably not too
0: far off on that one. It but I thought... Seems like something he'd do.
1: It just seemed very weird, though, to put it out publicly. Like, to just... I'm not sure what the gain is. You know, because that's the thing. When people do so... Because people, especially bigger companies, they try to hold on to their information, right? Unless it's part of a grand plan. Like, when... Google decided to put out uh, the the Android code or whatever so anybody could make phones using the Android OS, right? Like, that made a lot of sense. There was going to future plan. You're going to sell phones. You're going to make stuff for Androids, compete with iPhone, whatever. But this, there's no... It doesn't seem like there's a direction. It's just kind of like, hey, here's how our recommendation algorithm works. Here's the code. And that was sort of it. That was, like, weirdly the story. Now, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, there is an interesting thing that it does actually clearly show, and I'm going to kind of read a couple of them here, but you can see in the code, they are clearly marked for a multiplier of how it increases your reach or a uh, detraction for how it hampers your reach. So it's very interesting that there's like multipliers and stuff in here, but like, for example, if your tweet is getting a bunch of likes that actually increases your reach by, like, 30x or something. You know, having, and by the way, having Twitter Blue does get you up to a 4x multiplier. Not a surprise, but if you want to yeah. encourage people to use it. And honestly, now, wait, you know what? I now would that I'm hope thinking you would it, get
0: something for, you know, paying for it.
1: You know what? Now I'm thinking about it, maybe that's part of it. That people can see clearly that Twitter Blue is going to get you a multiplier. Yeah. So some people might actually go, oh, well, you know, maybe now I give him his eight bucks so people see more of my tweets and I'm trying to get my business going. or I'm trying to get more people to see my YouTube stuff or whatever. Maybe that's part of why I didn't even think about that because it's not hidden at all. You can clearly see that Twitter blue is marked for for getting a multiplier. So that could be part of it. of just like, hey, we'll put this out here where to get around that. If you're using Twitter blue, you're going to get a little more reach. Maybe some people I'm might having a
0: lot of fun painting this fence.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. That's kind of what this is. Now that I'm thinking about it. that's probably the real reason. It's, it's and hey, if
0: anybody wants to work for him for free, he will absolutely accept those applications. This is Elon oh, Musk. We're talking about you ain't lying. If anybody wants to have a baby with him, he'll send you that application. Also, Yeah. Only if you're okay
1: with the baby being named, whatever, like letters and numbers or whatever that thing, like some weird thing. At rich people are in it. Really, there needs to be a doctors out there that's like, hey, you just had a kid. It's a little intense. Why don't we talk about this again in the morning and we can fill out the birth certificate? You know what I mean? Like, give you a chance to to double check that before before we move forward. But no, there were some other things too. They listed, like, if someone's in your like circle of trust, which I guess is like your immediate network of people that share, retweet people's, each other's stuff regularly. Just like all kinds of little stuff. Your stuff had video in addition to it, and, you know. And then stuff that Detracts like if you were posting stuff without text, right? You just put a link or just an image, or if you were on somebody's like unfollow list or block stuff or whatever. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's a very interesting deal. I don't know if it's enough information there for people to learn the negatives and try to way to like hammer people's reach because I'm sure somebody will try to do that because you know bad actors. But overall, it's kind of an interesting thing that is just out in the world. I don't know what it does. I don't know if it changes anything. I just thought it was an interesting fact that it exists and they just put it out there. And I didn't know why. But like I said, thinking about it now could be to try to boost subscribers for Twitter Blue. I don't know. But (laughs) there's kind of a sad story I want to talk about, too. Now, if you're a regular listener, last week we talked about a company called LFG Nexus, which their goal, hence the name, was to help gamers find other gamers in their area. Eventually have a full-fledged website with a bunch of stuff, tournament setup, uh, apps to make it easier to find people wherever city you're in, whatever game you play or activity. They went to a site called WeFunder, which is basically a way for your community to pitch in, to invest in your company. And if you ever hit your goals, they eventually get some money back, like Kickstarter, but for venture capital type stuff. And uh, they had a goal of fifty thousand dollars. As of showtime today, they are not even close, bro. And
0: uh, like, how, like, how not close? When you say not close, we're talking like let's let's put it 15, this way:
1: thousand. <laughs> let's put it this way: if they were running a marathon, oh boy. I don't think they would have made it past the first quarter mile. Oh. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> uh, and not to make fun of them. I mean, because yeah. this, this is this they, is they is had fundraising ain't easy. Because I and the only reason I know because I went to the site. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just pitch a hundred dollars their way and you know, help this project go. It's a cool idea. Support somebody in the community. And I saw the number they had raised so far, and it is four hundred dollars. Ooh, yeah. That's... That is the same number it was before I got on a plane to go to Orlando last week. Yeah, Which means that well, they, has they not can't moved even get in a, a week. They can't even get a PS5 bundle. Yeah, it's, it's rough. And I don't know if it's because people don't know about it or people don't care about that type of thing. Maybe they don't think it's necessary.
0: In, in fairness, I learned what WeFunder was last week, yeah. so I wonder how many people are in that same boat. Now, I will say
1: this. It, you're right. It is not the most common site for people. know WeFunders just been getting more reach over the last couple of years. But they also, I don't think they put up the most confident sales pitch video. Like now, their sizzle reel or whatever was pretty cool, right? Showing people at events and, you know, the cosplayers and different types of gamers and whatever, like all that. But I think where they were, if... I felt like if they were venture capitalists or looking for venture capitalists or going trying to get some angel investors or whatever, the traditional way, they would have had a hard time getting their money, mostly because I don't think anything they said was incorrect. I think it just wasn't confident. You know, like. They knew what they needed to say, but they were just second guessing themselves, at least it felt that way. That was the vibe I got. And maybe that's hindered some people, too, because if you watch the video, you kind of go, "Well, OK, sure, and they did try to do it in an interesting, like Q and A type format, but I just don't know if it it sold people. And it sounds like it did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I like the concept, I like the idea, but maybe they're just gonna have to go some traditional funding route or something. I don't know, but I like the idea of just whatever city I'm in being able to pop up on my app and being like, hey, you know, which places or what people are looking for D and D players or Magic players or Warhammer mm-hmm. players or. Whatever it happens to be.
0: I think is a decent idea.
1: Yeah. Or even have all the tournaments for stuff in one place, right? A listing for everything. So if you play two or three different types of games, you'll know where the tournaments, or even just conventions or whatever stuff are going on. Because that's the other thing too. When I'm traveling, it's like, oh, there's a like little local or regional convention. Like that'd be cool to know about to just hit up when you have some downtime or whatever, you know. So having that in an app would be cool. But yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna get funded, man. I don't know what this means for them. Well, I mean you know I'm not an expert, but <laughs> not yeah. up to a great start. Maybe they have some plan that, you know, they're gonna roll out some ad campaign to try to get some some money. I don't know, but yeah, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I, I wish I had something more positive to say, but it yeah. ugh, you know, I mean it is what it is. I I got nothing. That I just feel bad. But yeah, man, four hundred bucks out of fifty k. I didn't couldn't even get the first thousand in in a couple weeks time. Yeah, that's that's rough. But anyway, let's have a fun conversation to finish the show. So on the dinner table, I thought it would be a fun conversation to ask, assuming no limit on your skills, no limit on your budget. I thought I told you I was no limit. Yeah, exactly. I told you I was no limit. If you could build any costume, what characters would you be interested in cosplaying for your next event?
0: Hmm, no limit. I guess uh, War Machine, if there's just no, no oh, limit. That's, that's a good one. That's a yeah. go. I didn't think about that. That's a good one. No limit to either you're talking about just cost and yeah, yeah. or skills. We'll, we'll yeah, like, no you, you,
1: you can have one like pie in the sky, like like War Machine, and then maybe the others be something more realistic. We'll say you have like okay. a 800 to to $1,000 budget.
0: Uh, more realistic guys would be Blade. Oh,
1: that'd be a fun one. I think people would dig that one, too. Like, even though there hasn't been a Blade movie in a while, there's always a decent amount of Blade love out in the world, you know? And,
0: and yeah, they're working on a new one with uh, Mahershala Ali. Plus, people don't realize, you know, back before the X-Men, back before Iron Man, Blade really started the the Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, Blade was probably, like, the first Marvel movie that really hit. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of any others, but they were all, like, bad to moderate. Like I don't think there were Blade was probably the first one I can think of. Yeah, that before that, really they work.
0: were doing like the cheesy straight to TV Captain America movies with yeah. him riding the
1: motorcycle around. Yeah, it just didn't really work. So that that's pretty cool. You know, one I think I would like to do, but I probably have to wait for a couple of years now until the show actually comes out, is to do Jackson King from uh, the Authority. I think oh, that'd yeah. be really cool, but. Like, if I did it now, there'd be, like, five people who knew what it was when I'm walking around, other than it being a cool <laughs> outfit. Yeah, you
0: know, like, I mean, the authority was a pretty popular comic. I mean, you're going to be, I'm assuming, be at a comic
1: convention. Oh, yeah, yeah. So but I'm thinking, be... like, but if I wait, like, another year and a half after the show comes well, out, yeah. then you walk around and people will know who it is. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. I, I do think it would be neat, because I went to BotCon one year, I think, when it was in Dallas, which is, by the way, the Transformers convention. And just seeing some of the people's Transformer costumes, I was just, like, so blown away. And, like, I thought, man, if I had the time to make one of those, I would totally, like, do a Jazz or a Ratchet and just, I mean, just walking around like a robot and, like, would just be cool, man. (laughs) Like, and some of them even turned into vehicles. Like, they could, like, tuck their arms in and lay over wherever, and they look like a car just laying on the ground. I'm like...
0: That's great.
1: That's awesome. I'm like, man, I would totally do that if I had the time. So that that'd be cool. And I think from a magic perspective, if I could have one, I think the idea of dressing up as Koth with like the the Rocky bits and everything. Oh yeah, would be pretty cool. But I I you know I don't have the skill to do that type of like synthetic makeup or whatever. But like that that would be neat. I think any of those three, I'd be super excited about. Like. I don't know how I'd pull it off, <laughs> like on any of them. But I, actually, I say that Jackson King. I think I could probably like that's probably the most realistic one. I could probably get to that one without too much, without too high of a cost. It would just be a lot of work because he's wearing like sort of a spacesuit looking thing or whatever a lot of the time. So, and well, I say that depending on the new depiction, he might be simpler to do because they're going to try to make a t- movie and a TV show or something out of it. So. I mean, that could change things, but who knows? But yeah, that, that was just a fun conversation. Just like, I don't really think about, well, what if I dressed up? Like, who would I be or whatever? You know, and sometimes it's like, I think it's easy to just not think about it because you know, you either don't have the skill or you don't have the the budget. So you just go like, eh, it'd just be a pie in the sky dream anyway. But who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe I'll just have money and I'll just pay commission somebody to do the outfit for me. Send them my There you go. Send them my measurements and be like, here's a $1,000. Can you make this outfit for me? And then I'll be forced to wear it at every convention I go to for the next two years to get my $1,000 worth out of it.
0: <laughs> or like War Machine, I'll become best friend to somebody who builds an Iron Man armor. And yeah. they just build me. Well, hey, Dude, you're a superhero of, now
1: too. Speaking of, have you seen that? Oh, I wish I remember the dude's name. He's on my, He has a YouTube channel, I think, where he makes the actual parts for things that superheroes have? Oh, yeah. Like so the, he, ca-
0: the Captain America shit. I saw that. Yeah, guy. so he
1: made like the boomerang shield. He made like a yeah. pulser hand blaster thing from like the Iron Man suit. He made the webbing from a Spider-Man thing. Uh, crap. He's done so many. I think he did like a Thor's hammer that tried had like a lightning effect sort of deal. Just like, just cool stuff. Like people right. like that. I'm like, you can make whatever costume you want because <laughs> you can dope. do all of it. Right. Like, that's just awesome but anyway want to wrap things up brian with your brother they can find you on the social media machines
0: i am brian sonic on uh twitter not blue but uh, on, on regular <laughs> twitter youtube and our family channel on youtube is allen's ever after and you can find me
1: just about everywhere power dragon p-o-w-r-d-r-a-g-n and I'm probably going to be appearing on a bunch of different stuff over the next couple months. So keep your eyes out because I'm staying very busy. I don't think I get a break until like the end of July. So lots of stuff coming down the pipe. But as usual, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. And most importantly, remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us at our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.